Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. What's up? Folks, if you care anything about it at all, it is the World Cup is in full effect. The semifinals are coming up. We got, I believe there's France, Belgium, uh, England, and I don't want to say Germany because I think they were on the... And Croatia. Yes, and Croatia. Those are the four teams that are left. One of them will be crowned. World Cup champion, and over here in America, we are pretending to care because it's basketball's over and football's over, so it's kind of the only thing going on. But that's great, though. Good for those other countries. But it just, uh, soccer's never really, uh, football has never really caught on here in America. I don't really know why. You kind of get chastised for playing football in the neighborhoods that I grew up in. It's like, <laughs> people aren't like, oh, you play soccer? Cool. It's like, oh, you play soccer? That's stupid. You should not. You should stop playing that and play a real sport. But it's like the biggest sport in the world, man. I don't understand why we don't. Can you imagine if LeBron, uh, LeBron James, or uh, uh, Kevin Durant, or, or Russell Westbrook was playing soccer? We'd be unstoppable. We didn't even qualify. No. Because the only people that play soccer in this country are like rich, preppy kids from the suburbs. Yep. They don't have that grit and determination to, to, to. to you know, dedicate everything to that sport and be as just that hunger, mm-hmm. you know, like them Neymar and those guys from Brazil, like they're playing soccer to not be poor and get murdered. Like, and they're pretty boys. I mean, I don't know what one has to do with that. I mean, I'm, I don't, I think Neymar, if well, you said Brazil, rich, preppy kids, so I mean, I thought, are you saying kids. like Neymar? Yeah, that's my s- guy. That's my favorite soccer player. Yeah, I'm saying, but, soccer. but I'm saying like, he's a superior athlete in the country that he comes from. Like, the real preppy kids aren't making it. From the United States? From the U.S.? Yeah, I'm saying, like, the the preppy kids in this country are what we're putting forward on our soccer team. Soccer. We even call it. We don't even call it what they call it. Yeah. yeah, All right. Well, we've revealed your true feelings. Yes, there are a lot of handsome men that play (laughs) soccer, man. That's cool. Don't get distracted by that, you know? Yeah. You know, is Ronaldo gorgeous? I mean, just objectively. Yeah. (laughs) Stunning man, you know? But I'm saying... He still had that grit and that drive, and he dedicated his whole life to playing soccer and being the best at soccer. But, I mean, for me, most like, American kids aren't doing that. Yeah, for me, I don't know too much. I don't know almost anything about soccer. So yeah, sometimes like, it'll be like, oh, that was offsides, like yeah. when they're trying to, you know, I don't know the rules. Yeah, so I, to me, I just be like, 
maybe they was just born and this did not play soccer. It mm. seems ridiculously hard for like, I just feel like I couldn't go outside and be like, well, you, well, you couldn't, guys. but you can play basketball. That's it's, that's the trans, that's the translation. Okay. It's like the way we grow up, you got a little rim in your house when you're five, <laughs> little play the breakaway rim and stuff. Uh. They got a little goal and they're kicking the ball around in the backyard from the time they're three. You know, it, it's just ingrained. That's their sport. It's not a sport, and it's not our sport in America, you know. So, it's almost like you have to train your body to even just pick it up. Where there's just, it's almost just in your D, in your DNA. It's been, that's what been, I'm, that's been played what I, for hundreds what I mean, of years. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, but it not not literally born to play soccer, but just born with the desire to play soccer. Like you but have to, you I have think, to really be like, well, I mean, we have a really good basketball team. So, like, if you're in high school, you'll. I probably won't make the basketball team, but our soccer team isn't that good. I guess I'll try out for soccer. I think I say that because I don't know how to play it. Yeah, so that's just from personal. I, opinion. I, I get, I get what you're, I get what you're saying. It just, <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know if it ever will, but if it did, and like kids from you know these like super urban areas that are trying to find a way out decided to take their like these kids that play football decided like, oh, you get hurt way less in soccer or football. You know, you get hurt way less in that. The politics aren't as crazy, you know, for the most part, and you make crazy money. You get to travel the world. You know, yeah. you won't make as much money here in the states, but like if you decide to dedicate your life to playing football, soccer, and get really good at it, and decide oh, I'm going to move to, you know, uh, the UK, they pay think, you millions of dollars. I think they're trying though. They're trying to push it. I'd like to see it pushed more. Anyway, Fran, what's going on with you, man? How you doing? Uh, doing pretty good, man. Just chilling. That's about it. I respect that. Chillaxing. Uh, it has been it's been a fun weekend. Uh, Les has had a few shows this weekend in town. My buddy Les Green, formerly of American Idol, and also of uh, Patrick and the Swayze's the band. He uh, had a show outside last night and a, a show at a restaurant that I've been or a bar that I've been drinking at since it was way before I should have legally been able to drink. I've had a lot of good times at that bar and bad times. But since I was like 17, you know, they, they'd let me in and, you know, I probably shouldn't be saying, I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant because that's, that's not good. But um, two rocking shows, super fun time. He had another show today, but we couldn't make it. Bella is not, my dog is not feeling the best, so we're keeping an eye on her. Uh, so that was kind of the downer of the weekend. But other than that, it's been a super fun weekend. And uh, now we get to record. And also, we've been getting a lot of a, like a shocking amount of requests for these stickers, man. Yeah. The stickers are in. They're fresh off the presses. They look great. And we've been getting requests from Tasmania and Japan and all across the United States and London. It, it really is it is pretty insane. We, we got a lot of work to do on that front as far as writing the addresses and shipping yeah. them off to the mail. But I believe that's something you can handle. That seems yeah. like that's in your area of expertise. Yeah, but, you know, also for you listeners out there, I just want to let y'all know that um, Alvin has the big sticker, and I got two little stickers on my laptop. So, you know. Look, man, they it. sent us how it is. They sent us one big sticker. You weren't here when the package <laughs> came. Thus, I claimed it for my own. I got two little stickers, bro. Hey, man, you it works, one man. Big you, kinda, you, you staggered them. You got one high, <laughs> one low. I like the look. But I wanted one big sticker. Well, you, there was only one big sticker. You should have cut it in half. And that, what, that sen- what sense does that make, man? <laughs> no. Because no. Then we just got two half a big sticker. No, nah, man. That, the sticker's mine. I claimed it. Get over it. You ate the Reese's Cups. If you want to play that game, we can play that game. Fair. Okay. Moving on. Uh... Life's good, man. We just got to try to hold on, people. I know it's a lot of madness going on in the world. I don't even want to. I don't even want to 
start to dive too much into the craziness <laughs> in the world. I want to. Uh, just doesn't stop. It it doesn't man every every, <laughs> every week every week man it's, it's like just, it's just always something new it's it, like it's never a dull geez. moment in the world in America in social media in pop culture there's always something going on now apparently mm. Kanye West is a snitch he's a snake yeah you know, he's a snake <laughs> and a clown like I because I've I've been calling the guy clown for a long time but apparently he is the one who expa- exposed uh, Champagne Poppy himself the biggest rapper in the game right now Drake. Mm-hmm. And exposed that he is a deadbeat dad. Apparently, yeah. that was Kanye West, according to, according to news sources. Kanye West is the one that told one Pusha T. I'm sp- some people are listening to this and don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> but there's a lot of big stuff going on in the world that you might not be too familiar with. But yeah, so Pusha T got all his diss track information from Mr. Kanye West. So it's not been a good year for Kanye West, man. No. The Make America Great Again hat. This now he's a snake. It, it, Still making millions of dollars though. So. Yeah, but like. You don't have any respect. Like, who respects him? 17-year-old suburban kids? Like, I doubt if he I think he does, though. He's an egomaniac. So? <laughs> it's the same way. Like, Donald Trump definitely cares about He can pretend, but that's why he keeps harping on stuff. He always brings up stuff that's happened years ago. Who? Because he does care. Donald Trump. Who's that? Who is that? Yeah. Uh, he's apparently the president of the United <laughs> States. I, you know, I, I, I'm still waiting for the, the Ashton Kutcher to come out and, and you know, jump, do a backflip and yell punk, but... For now, he's the president of the United States still. And, uh, yeah, those two are very cl- cut from the same cloth, as weird as that is. Two completely different lives, but they're both kind of egomaniacal. They don't like for people to say bad things about them. They only like for people to talk nice about them. And when you do talk bad about them, they take it to heart, and they never stop taking jabs at you forever. Mm-hmm. They want you to They want to ruin you by making you seem unimportant. Like, like they, Donald Trump in the NFL. Yes. I don't think he's ever going to, you know, they didn't let him get a team. So that just, now the NFL is the worst (laughs) thing in the world, you know. And I don't really care. I'm kind of, I'm kind of over the NFL, but you know, it it is what it is. You know, they, you know, it's an outlet for people to make money. It's a dangerous sport. People get hurt. It was that Ryan Shazier thing that really, that was the last for me. Cause I already kind of started when, when you, when you, like I watched that movie concussion with Will Smith Mm -hmm. and you hear about that. And the CTE thing, and you're like, oh man, well, then every time you see a hit, it's not that same, like, yeah, hit him. You're like, ooh, is he okay? And then last year, when that dude Ryan Shazier from the Pittsburgh Steelers, he lost, he couldn't walk. Yeah, I don't want to go too far off track, but that's what I meant to tell you a couple weeks ago. Uh, A guy was at work was telling me a a quarterback at, I think it was like Washington State or something, he was a college quarterback. Uh He passed, he recently passed away, and he had a brain of a 60 year old man. Yeah. How old was he? That's probably like he's in his thirties, forties, like, or something. He was a college. He was a college. Football oh, he player. was in college. Yeah, he was in. College. Oh, I thought you meant like formally. He no, was no, in he, college. He was in college. Yeah, man, this That's shit is insane. crazy. It is not a sport that people should be playing. Sixty-year-old brain. It, it, it ruins That's your brain, scary. man. That's... It it really it's not a sport that people should be playing. I understand it's like America loves the violence mm. of it and everything like that, but I, even I, I would not let my child play football. <laughs> You're in his twenties yet. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. <laughs> Wow, I would not let my child play football wow. at all, ever. It, I don't, I don't care if he had a desire. Oh, like he committed design. suicide. That's what happened. He oh, that, I mean, that's suicide. that's yep. that's, that's the story, happened. man. It's yeah. a lot of those cases. We, you know, when we did the Aaron Hernandez story, it was you know, it, it was Junior Seau, Aaron Hernandez killed himself. It's a list. There's a lot of guys that man, it's crazy. You that's know, scary. it ruins your brain. It makes you. It, it's it's really sad. But you know, I think that they should start to do more of make more of an effort to try to let people know, like the people that are playing. Mm. Because if you let me know, look, man, you can make ten, you can make tens of millions of dollars and set your family up for life, but the odds of you making it out of this not 
super fucked up are slim, very slim. And if you still want to take that risk, that's on you. But for years and years, they, the NFL knew, but just was kind of saying it was, it was it was not uh, didn't have enough backup in science. Mm-hmm. It wasn't 100% fact. And they continued to let people play, not knowing what they were doing to themselves. And that's not okay. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm not okay with that league that I'm kind of off it. I'm off the NFL as of right now. But uh, yeah. anyway, you know, let's let's uh, take a take a break from from some downer talk, and we're gonna jump into these good vibes and kind of bring the show back up, and then bring it right back down when we take a break <laughs> and get into these stories. That's what we do. It's a roller. We are the roller coaster of podcasts, a specifically true crime podcasts. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump into these good vibes. We're gonna lift you back up. Then we're gonna take you right back down to the dumps, man. So let's 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 get ready for this ride and hold on. Yes, another installment of this this segment that has been giving us so much joy lately. I mean, from a 107 year old lady in a parade to, uh, you know, people, there was a man, a friend told a story about a man who, uh, got shot in the head. who was a football player and now has a metal plate in his head and, you know, determined to make a comeback in the NFL Heard some really, really, really positive stories from this segment. And we will try to continue that today. Friend, I will go first. Are you ready for my good vibes this week? Yes, sir. It is kind of an incomplete story, but it's a story that started off super tragic and is now Showing a bit of light, so I wanted to touch on it, and then we will continue to monitor it as the weeks go on. Hopefully not weeks. Hopefully it will be settled soon. But there was this Thailand soccer team Mm. who got trapped in a cave. Oh, I heard about that. Yes. Now, I don't know if the – I don't know how to feel about the uh, 25-year-old coach who took them down there, even though there are signs that say don't take them down there. It was on a trip? They were – it was something like that, and they went to the beach, and uh, there's signs that say don't go into these caves Mm – after a certain time, or maybe not at all, but I guess he had been down there before, and he was like, "Fooey, I know how to get down there. Follow me, kids." They went down there. It rained. The caves flooded, and then they couldn't get out because the water's brown. So you can't even. It's brown, and it's a like meters. They had it in meters when I looked at the so last. So they, they're stuck in water. They're stuck in a. They're stuck in a cave underwater. What the. F- so how? like well like so basically you know how water works it fills up all the crevices but right. sometimes in those underwater caves it can't fill it up all the way so there's little air pockets in oh, these shit, caves bro? yeah it's, it's really that. it's some really cool caves that you can swim in in countries where the water's blue and you got to dive in so you're under the water but then you go in a hole turn left turn right pop out you're in like a cave oh, that's cool. under the water they did this they thought it would be fun they get to the part where you know the 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 coach wanted them to see it rained the waters rose. And now so they can't get out. Now they can't get out. Right, gotcha. Because they can't see, and it's long. It's a long. It's a long swim, and the parts that used to have air pockets don't have air pockets anymore. Mm. So, oh. um, four of those ki- there's twelve. There were twelve kids down there. Mm-hmm. Four of those kids have been rescued as of this weekend. So they got to do. I saw a it scuba. On yeah, like a scuba swimmer had to go in with a line, go in, grab the kids, and this is where because it's claustrophobic in there. There's limited oxygen, mm. and it's just a panic. It's dark. I like it's, it's, it's an underwater cave. I don't. I haven't heard. I don't know if anybody died. I think the coach died. I think. Oh well, because I mean, the loss of and he uh the oxygen whatever it was. The, I, well, that's I mean that's that's still sad. But 
Four of them have gotten out. But just to think about the fact that it's a natural cave, so there's no lights down there. Right. It's limited oxygen. It's tight quarters, and there were, at a point, 12 kids down there. And they had to make a decision to pick the four weakest kids, like the four kids who were like looking like they weren't going to make it. Mm. That's a big decision. Wow. I would have definitely pretended. like Even if I was the strongest, big lungs, I'm all right. I'm, like, I'm, I'm not going to make it, man. I need to be one of the four. Yeah. So that's a tough decision to make. I'm glad you brought this. I'm glad you're doing this story because I seen it on Twitter, but I didn't read into it. Yeah, and it's I'm, pretty and it nuts. Was like, and it was like, oh, um, another kid has been rescued. I'm like, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, like, it, what it, it was pretty crazy last a, night. One a day? Well, they can only send one person in at a time, grab the kid, then pull him, go through the whole tunnel system and get him out because it's tight and it's now it's flooded. So you have to go in there. The scuba person has to go in there with a scuba tank. Go oh, in, shit. grab the kid, put the scuba tank on the kid. But then at one point where you're tra- while you're traveling through the cave, uh-huh. it gets so tight that the scuba person has to take their scuba gear off of themselves oh, and push it through. And then I guess the kid has to do the same thing. So you have, if it's on your back, you have to now take the tube off your back, push it through the little tight space, and keep the mask on your face because if it comes off, you drown. And then push That's that insane. through, and it's, the water's brown. So you can't even really wow. see. You have to just kind of know the... When you hit a wall, you got to know to go under and go back up. It's like, you know, like a little roller coaster. And they got four kids last night. But when this story initially broke, they were saying those kids might be stuck down there for months. How did they? I'm trying to figure out, did they swim to get there? Or they it walk? was a way different situation before it rained. Wow, before that's... it rained, the coach was like, I do this all the time, man. It's easy. You go in. And when you get here, pop up, breathe, go back down, go here, pop up, breathe. But now where all those spots were where you could pop up and breathe, they're gone because it rained and the levels rose. Yeah, I seen, I saw somebody recently die, but man, if that was me in that situation, I'd be like, oh, I'd have a panic attack. I'm like, if he'd gave me that, if they had to come rescue me, I'm like, what do you want me to do? Because I can't swim. Yeah, I, yeah, like what do you? I mean, you can drag me the whole way. <laughs> I'll, you can put the mask on me, I'll be able to breathe, but I can't swim and I can't see, so I'm gonna definitely panic. It's, it's just. Those kids are very brave to even just wow. be in the situation. I hope they, I'm hoping they all make it out safely. As of right now, while we're recording, there have been four rescued, so there's still eight more in there. According to Fran, the, 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 the coach may be dead. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that for a fact. I didn't read that part, but he may have passed away. But there's still, if he's gone, there's still seven kids down there who need to be rescued. Apparently, Elon Musk has gotten involved, so... You know, and that's I've that, heard that's that billionaire guy, right? Yeah, the Tesla, the Tesla guy. Yeah. yeah, and I've seen him floating some crazy ideas on Twitter. Where if they work, this dude is a genius. He said something about putting a tube down into the hole because it's kind of like a windy cave. So he can swim take this. It? Yeah, you take you wow. put the tube in, blow it up. It'll it'll separate the water and create like a slide. Now, if that works, the dude is. I mean, that's who nobody even thought of that. People are like, I mean, we can drill holes from over the top of them, send scuba people down. He's like, no, send a tube down, inflate it, and create a tube for the kids to walk through like little gerbils. What? <laughs> you know? And apparently, he's got the technology to back it up. He's like fucking Batman, wow. Tony Stark. He's 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 cut, he's cut from those cloths, man. This dude's doing crazy shit. He wants to send people to Mars. He's got he, a fucking. Say, he, he recently just like did something else, like some invention or something, opened something that other than his Tesla industry. I'm the like, dude's a freak. That's crazy. The dude's a freak, man. That's insane. I, I don't even understand how there could be people like Kanye West and 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 and. and all these people walking around calling themselves geniuses when a dude like that exists. It's like Kanye West, you make cool music, man, but you're not even the, the same species as Elon Musk. His br- he's just a brain. 
It's crazy. And there's people walking around here with 100,000 Instagram followers thinking they're the shit. It's like, you are like a peon, man. There's people out here that are doing real shit. Real shit, man. That dude invented a car that doesn't have exhaust on it <laughs> and is the flyest car out. Everybody wants it. You know, like thinking about 10 years ago when the Prius came out, nobody wanted a Prius. Nobody wants a Prius now. Everybody wants a Tesla. You got to be on the waiting list. They're mad fly. Wow, they drive really? themselves. You can't just you can't just go to the Tesla dealership. You got to prove it. you have the money to get a Tesla. Oh, shit. You can't just be like, well, I got 20 of the 80,000. So let me go put a down payment. Like, no, insane. you need all the Tesla money, and you still might not get one. You can make an order, and maybe you'll get one in six months. You got like an extra large iPad inside of it. And oh, man, this shit is crazy, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the dude's a genius, man. Anyway, so, uh, yes, it is, is, it the, is it the best of vibes? No, but it's a speck of hope in a story that when I first heard it sounded hopeless. It sounded like these kids were trapped and were going to suffocate. And now we got four out. We got seven to go, possibly eight if the coach is still alive. I don't know. But... Uh, they're making headway, and hopefully this story continues to go in a happy direction. And keep those kids in your prayers. And uh, that's my good vibes for this week. How old are they? Sorry, it's like a they're like twelve. It's it's a it's a young kids soccer oh. team. Hmm. Wow. All right. Uh, well, before go? you go, yeah. Before you oh. go again, just to, this this only clarifies one thing. Just because somebody is older than you doesn't mean you have to listen to them. And I'm not telling kids to, like, not listen to parents, but sometimes a person might be older than you, but they're dumb as shit, man. Just statistically, if you walk into a room of 10 people, four or five of those people might be dumb as shit, even if they're 10 years older than you, 20 years older than you. So if somebody says, hey, man, let's go swim in this cave, and there's signs everywhere that say don't do it, maybe don't do it. Just because a person's older than you and says it's okay, that doesn't mean it is. And this is proof of that. And I'm not saying that guy should come out if he's alive. I'm not saying he should come out and be put in jail, but if when he comes out, if he is alive, it won't be. He's not going to be like, everybody else is going to be like, the kids are safe. He's going to get ridiculed. Oh, yes. Heavily, you know? So, but yeah, anyway, that, I just wanted to put that little gem out there. Just because somebody's older than you doesn't mean they're wiser than you. Sorry, Frank. Go no ahead. Problem. All right, so my um good vibe this week is about a compassionate firefighter. Mm-hmm. Is being held for an act of kindness towards a local senior who had a medical who had a medical emergency last month. Okay. Lance Pringle of the Pringle. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> Lance Pringle of the Plano Fire Department in Texas was one of the first responders who answered a call by a 90 year old man who collapsed from the heat while he was outside doing yard work. Ooh. And they was it's, in Texas. It's been hot too. So if it's been hot here, that oh dry God. Texas heat. Ooh, you doing yard work at ninety? That's a that's a that's a gritty that's old bold, man. Yeah. That's tough. He must have thought he was used to Ugh, it. Ninety? What was the you know what I, my favorite part of those um of the degree things is the the heat index? Oh yeah. That's like it's just like some black lady like well it might be ninety but it feels like it's one hundred and eleven <laughs> out, outside so that's what it that's says. What it is, that's what know? it says sometimes like it, it feels, feels like, like yeah, what does that even mean? One twenty is yeah like if it's ninety degrees it's ninety degrees. I understand it being like how you feel. But that's not accurate science. Like it, it. The thermometer says ninety degrees. Well, it feels like it's one hundred and thirteen. I guess that's science now, because that's what that weather app. It'll have that on there. <laughs> to us, it feels like feels like one hundred and some degrees. Uh, with the temperatures climbing into the hundreds, the sweltering June day was one of the hottest days so far in that region. Mm. While his colleagues and es- while his colleagues escorted the man to the hospital, Pringle stayed behind in uniform to finish the yard work in the heat. The a uniform. This is the. This is the. Oh wait, 
the, the firefighter is not the ninety year old man. No, the firefighter is Pringle. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, cool, okay, cool. The fire department posted a picture of Pringle at the work at the work to their Twitter page, saying, "Quote: This is just one example of the fine men and women who serve our great city every day." He doesn't have the whole joint on, right? Like he took something off. He right? had like because that shit is heavy. He had a t-shirt on the the um the uh, walkie-talkie. Okay. And his pants and oh. boots. Yeah. And the boots? Yeah. Oh. Pants. Not 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 like um. Yeah, like the light version on. Just like regular black boots. He didn't oh, have like. No I thought he had the whole get up on. No no no, yeah. no 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 no. I don't think they respond respond to a call like that with that whole suit on. Oh, his house wasn't on fire. He just passed out. No, yeah. Oh, It was okay, like, you okay. know, we call the police, everybody comes. Yeah, it's, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. All right, cool. So when asked why he felt complied, com- sorry, compelled to do it, he says that he simply wanted to be kind and hopefully inspire others to do the same. That's he cool. said it's a video posted. He says, quote, just help someone. If if you see someone in need or if they need help, if they're if they're having a bad day, just try to be a bright spot on someone's day. It doesn't take much effort. It's pretty easy. I just, I think just the effort alone makes all the difference in the world. Quote, that's what he said in the video. That's sweet, man. That's sweet. That's, that's a very inspirational thing. I I saw something that's in that kind of vein of helping people in need. Mm -hmm. I just don't think I could do it here where we live. And that might sound, you know, jaded and, 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 you know, and pessimistic about Baltimore. But I saw this really cool uh, story about this old lady whose husband died and he used to have a cooler. Mm-hmm. And he would just put the cooler outside and fill it up with food and drinks and just have a sign and be like, you know, if you're hungry, grab something mm-hmm. and have a good day. Somebody I, stole somebody, the cooler? No, no, no. Oh. It was all a good story. But I'm saying if I was to try to be like, well, you know, let me go make some sandwiches and put a, I think somebody would steal the whole cooler. That's I just don't have faith that they, that somebody would, yeah, I don't have faith that somebody would just take the one sandwich <laughs> and the one water and not just pull, pull up the little uh, carry thing that oh. the cooler goes, and then just drag it off with the wheels, take the whole thing with them, or pick it up and put it in their car. And that's sad that <laughs> that's you know you're skeptic about you know people in, around you. But that's just how I feel, man. I just don't feel like you can do that everywhere. That's for something if you live in you know Maine. I literally or, thought you was about to say that. No, well Somebody these people probably live in like Maine or Rhode Island <laughs> or you know some Montana, some little town with everybody knows everybody. Uh, so if you did steal it, they know exactly who stole. It. Like that was Mike. He definitely picked that cooler he, up and stole it. the corner down the street trying to sell it for a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> selling the sandwiches, you know. <laughs> yeah, but that but that's a version of what I think would happen here. Somebody would steal that, and then the next thing you know, they're walking up to cars at red lights trying to sell them sandwiches that I made with love and intention to just feed people. But um, I appreciate people saying, fuck that negativity. I'm just going to do something out of the kindness of my heart and just see what happens, see how people receive mm-hmm. it. So I appreciate that, and we, and we all should do that. If you got a couple extra dollars, you're at Chick-fil-A, because that's the only fast food restaurant I eat at. If you're at Chick-fil-A and, you know, just ask how much the person behind you is their food is. Even though Chick-fil-A is a bad example because they're so uh, technologically advanced that you already pay for your food before you even get to the window. Yep. I don't know anywhere else that even does that. So I guess if you're eating in some kind of like piss hole like McDonald's, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you know, if, man, if they got great chocolate chip cookies, man. Right. If you're eating at a McDonald's, like Fran does, if you're eating at a McDonald's... I eat just, the chocolate chip cookies. Right, right. Thank if, you. If, if you're eating at a McDonald's, chocolate chip cookies, whatever, chicken sandwich. If you're eating at a McDonald's, like Fran does, just ask, like, hey, how much is the person behind me, uh, how much is their food? And they go, well, they got 20 burgers and five sand- and uh, five chicken sandwiches, so it's $11, because that's the kind of ridiculous uh, prices they have at McDonald's. Also, give garbage. me, uh, order me a gangbang. 
I mean, gangbang. Take, take two of those. Well, I, I think we've made it clear on record here that we are, we are we have very fond memories of the McGangbang. Yeah. Me and Fran both used to work in the uh, retail industry, weren't making a lot of money working at a mall. The McBangbang was very good to us. The big what? <laughs> What'd you call it? The McGangbang. Oh. What'd you think? So I you said it? the McBangbang. The McBangbang? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's something. That's like uh, that's violence. Uh, the McGangbang has been very good to us over the years. <laughs> I decided to treat my body like the temple that it is and exclude that from my life forever. Uh, apparently, friends still, you know, dabbles in the gangbangs from time to time. Uh, but that's cool. Pass it on, you know, uh, pay it forward, you know. So that, that's a message that we have uh, here at Affirmative Murder. Pay it forward, everyone. And with that note, I would like to take us out on, uh, because we mentioned him earlier, even though the deadbeat that he is, he makes good jams, and this song has been going viral. Everybody's been dancing all over the country to it. So I want to take us out with uh, that In My Feelings from the new Drake Scorpion. Uh, uh, and uh, we'll be right back after a little bit of these messages, and uh, we'll see you in a second. Are you writing? Say you never ever leave from beside me. Because I want you, and I need you. And I'm down for you. always KB. Do you love me? Are you writing? Say you never ever leave from beside me. All right, folks, and we are back. Once again, uh, we have been getting a lot of requests for stickers, but we do have a little bit more than I thought we would have. So if you uh, are interested in getting a sticker, they are free. I'm not charging. I just really wanted to see uh, how big of an interest we had as far as you know people listening to the podcast. And I was very much surprised by the uh, the interest that, was, that came from it. I mean, we have a very long list of addresses that we're going to have to put on paper and put a stamp on it and all this kind of stuff. Fran, do they sell Pootie Tang stickers at your uh, local branch of the... No, they don't. Okay, that's cool. Whatever the closest thing is to Pootie Tang stickers, I would appreciate it if, if you could maybe secure those for the stamps. No. Why'd I tie? No. Um, but uh, if you are interested in getting a sticker, uh, just message us on... DM us on Instagram, DM us on uh, Twitter. Facebook is a little hard because you have to, like, friend us. And that's cool. Facebook is a little more personal, but I think I feel like you guys are family. So if as long as you are all cool, I would have no problem being Facebook friends with you. You can DM me that way. But if you, uh, I let if I let you into my circle of Facebook friends is very tight, and you start hitting me with crazy memes about you know your political views that don't align with mine, I will it will make me feel uncomfortable. I am completely open to everybody having their own views. But I also reserve the right to pick and choose who those people are on my Facebook feed. Somebody done that already? No. I mean, people oh. have people have friend requests me, but everybody's been super cool. Oh. I feel like everybody, if you're listening to this podcast, you kind of share our similar views to ours. But I don't know. Oh. You know? I thought it's, you just meant somebody like DM'd you personally. No, no. I mean, they, they have for, for the address. Stickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean like. Yeah, no, like, shit. hey, what's up? What you doing? Yeah. Don't do that either. It's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, <laughs> what you doing right now? What are you wearing? I don't want any Whoa. of that. Let's keep it strictly, you know, Whoa. lighthearted. You want to send me an article about true crime stuff or funny stuff? Yeah, let's do that. But don't, let's not, let's not get weird. You got a BBC? Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. We are going to move on. Wow. All right. Fran, uh, what is your, what is your affirmative murder this week? Wow, man. I have family that listens to this show, man. What? Whoa. Out you of said, bounds. You said it mean British. Uh, oh, the BBC it, Network. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't have the BBC Network. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, nice try. Let's move on. We're gonna move past it. We're gonna just. 
we're gonna move past it. We're, please, <laughs> you, you have the floor, man. I went first last week. It is now your turn to go first, and you have gotten off to a rocky start. All right, my affirmative burner this week is William Henry Hance. Okay, ring a bell? No. Nope. Okay. Cool. It's a good thing. So, but 19- is this this is this AKA Marty? No. Okay. Cool. I just uh. yeah, I don't know, man. You got a lot going on. I don't know. I, you know. <laughs> in 1978, mm-hmm. in Columbus, Georgia, okay, was undergoing undergoing a wave of murder of women. Okay. Several elderly white women had been killed by a p- perpetrator mm-hmm. nicknamed the Stocking Strangler. Stocking Strangler. Okay. Mm-hmm. Still haven't ringing the bell. No. Okay. In addition, the bodies of the two young black prostitutes had been found outside of Fort Benning nearby. Okay. You don't know who the stocking strangler is. I'm gonna say no. You don't know who I did last week. Did you do the stocking strangler last yes, week? I did. Oh, this is the guy. This the guy who uh, tried to trick them into yeah. not uh, to to catching the guy from last week. Yeah. yeah okay. Yep. Okay. What, what was his name? His name is William Henry Hans. No, the guy from last week. Oh shit! I'm you forgot? Crazy. Okay, that's fine. That's cool. Stocking strangler that's cool. though. This, that's that's, th- that's this the guy from last week was the stocking stranger. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. I think his name pops up in something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Ah, I like uh, it. Follow up. In addition, the bodies okay. of the two young black prostitutes had been found outside of Fort Benning nearby. Okay. Desperate okay. groups of. Hold vic- I'm, I'm gonna cut you off real quick. Uh-huh. Just for anybody who who maybe didn't listen last week. Oh, last yeah. week, friend, the person that he did, at some point while the per- the person from last week was on the loose. I'm hey, sorry. His name was Carlton Gre- Carlton Gary. Carlton, yes, Carlton. Carlton. The only Carlton, Carlton I, I acknowledge is from Fresh Prince. That was yep. yeah. So Carlton Gary last week during the midst of his murder spree, he escaped from jail twice, all kind of crazy shit. Somebody sent a letter to the police saying that if you do not convict him of killing all these black women, I'm going to start killing white women or something to that extent. Yeah. But it was because this person was killing black women. Yep. So he wanted to blame that on Carlton Gary as well. Yep. Even though Carlton Gary was only killing old white women, yep. correct? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. So the desperate groups of victims were linked by a letter to the local po- the local police sheriff written on United States Army. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Written on the United States Army, um, like type of letter. like letterhead, yeah, like le- letterhead. oh, that's yeah, not yeah, smart. Yeah. The handwritten exactly the handwritten note purported to be. From a from a gang of seven white men, who were holding a black woman hostage and would kill her if the stocking strangler were not apprehended. Wow! So this was the 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 little disguise he was trying to put up. This is, I, I, and I'm sure he thought this was a great idea. Oh yeah, most definitely. So the stocking strangler was believed to be a black man, and this had been widely reported at the time. Mm-hmm. The seven the seven white vigilantes wished to be known as the quote forces of evil. <laughs> Okay, and, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it's starting to come together. Yeah, okay, and yeah. wanted the police chief to communicate with them via message on radio or television. The first letter was followed by was followed by others. Eventually a ransom demanded ten thousand dollars was also made to keep the alleged the alleged hostage. Getting greedy now. Yeah. Gail her name was Gail Jackson. Um Jackson was known as Brenda Gail Faison and other uh, aliases. So okay. it's just she had a different name. So um the letter were the letters were followed by phone calls, so he was just playing with the police sheriff, yeah, writing notes and asking for money, money and all kinds of shit. Uh, so the letters and calls were a hoax intended to divert attention from the real killer, Gail Jackson. 
The supposed hostage had been murdered five weeks before she was found, and before the first letter was sent, her body was discovered in early April 1978. She was 21 years old. Soon after, soon afterward, the following instructions and yet another call from the, quote, forces of evil, a second black woman's corpse was found at a, a rifle range at Fort Benning. Her name was Irene Thurkill. Oh. She was 32. So the FBI profile profiler Robert Kessler created a profile which asserted the that the killer was one was one man, not seven, mm-hmm. black, not white, single, not well not well educated, mm-hmm. and probably a low rank military man at the fort in his late twenties. That was definitely the first guess they made because it's fucking <laughs> sent in on army paper. Right. Stupid. Using the profile and aware that both Jackson and Thurkill were prostitutes. Georgia burial of investigation officers searched near the fort for bars which had generally black black people in it. Mm-hmm. They were quickly able to identify William Hans and arrested him that evening. Wow. Um he was a special he was a specialist for attached to an art, artillery unit at the fort as a truck driver. Hans had begun his military career as a marine before joining the army. When confronted with the evidence, including his handwriting, voice recording, and shoe prints from the crime scene, oh, wow. Hans confessed to killing both women and to killing of a third woman at Fort Benning in, 19, in September 1977. Karen Hickman, who was 24, was a white army private known to date black soldiers and socialize in black pubs. Wow. Hans was not charged with Hickman's murder in the civil system, but was, was tried and charged and convicted by the court martial for her death. And that's how he got kicked out of the mar- Marines. Uh, yeah. This. Oh wait, no. I guess so. He confessed later on. Uh, yeah. This he said he after, confessed. This, yeah, he confessed he, to killing okay, both. Okay, so he women. didn't get yeah. caught at the time. So. And then some, they found a third victim. So while he was in the military, another military person just ended up dead, and it went unsolved for however many. Years. That's crazy. Yeah. So he. Yeah, he confessed to killing two women and the last woman, but they only they only they charged him. In uh, the court martial for yeah, him. like military so, court. Yeah, they military mili- court. they did yeah. military court for yep. the military person. Yeah. Wow. Eventually, Hans was identified as the killer of the young black woman at Fort Benjamin Harris in Indiana. Hans was not charged with this murder. However, despite his four known femicides, which is a word yeah. I've never heard of, murder of women. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I know what it is wow, now. Yeah. yeah. He was innocent, but I was like, what? Yeah. But I heard I was like. Just so she's a woman? like homicide, that's <laughs> like, but that's like a murder of a person. I thought that's really specific. I don't think that because you don't like you kill people because because she, she's a woman. Yeah, you don't like women. Yeah, but like I don't think I hope the world's not that PC. It's like I'm like it's a human. It's a homicide, a femicide. Like I don't know. I maybe like, I'm maybe what? I'm wrong. But like I mean, he killed four women. They were four homicides, femicides. I don't know. That's weird. I can't yeah. keep up with all the different words and stuff these days. <laughs> He was innocent of the Stocking Stranglers murders, eventually attributed to another black man, Carlton Gary. Mm. So it worked initially. He made the police and stuff think that Carlton Gary killed some of these black women. Until he got caught. Then he confessed. Okay. Well, then it was a solid plan then. (laughs) Look, man, I'm a person who can admit when a plan... When a plan goes according to, you know, the way it's supposed to go. I mean, you got to take advantage of, well, there's another guy out here. Yeah, well, so. let me try to pin this on him real quick. Right, exactly. All right, well, hey. Uh, so, Hans was convicted in a military court but not tried in civil courts for the murder of Irene Thurkill. Hans was also tried and convicted in a court-martial but not a civilian court for the murder of Karen Hickman. During his court 
During his court-martial for the murder of Irene Thurkill, Hans received a life sentence, which was reversed when jurors decided he lacked the mental capacity uh, for premeditation. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a very big... Uh, what? <laughs> for the He's deaths... too dumb to plan to kill somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. For the deaths of both Hickman and Thurkill, Hans' final court-martial sentence was life at hard labor. The convictions were set aside in the 1980, and he was not retried by the military court system. Wow. So here comes the eviction part. I mean, sorry, the execution part. I'm sorry. Hans was sentenced to death in, civ- in civilian court for the murder of Gail Jackson mm. and in the military court for the death of Irene Thurkill. Ooh. His military death sentence for Thurkill was overturned. His civilian death sentence for Jackson was not. He was executed by the state the state of Georgia on March 31st, 1994 mm. by the electric chair. Mm. He was the 231st inmate executed in the hours before in the hours before his death the Supreme Court voted 6 to 3. Mm. Right to uh, the Wait, last I'm minute. sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me read that again. He was the 231st inmate executed nationwide. I, I've skipped a line. Oh, okay. Nationwide since the US Supreme Court restored the death penalty in 1976 and the 18th in Georgia. Mm. Yeah. So in the hours before his death the Supreme Court voted 6 to 3 not to consider his appeal. Mm. In dissent, Justice Harry Black Blackman said that <clears throat> even if even said that even if he had not recently, and this it gets to the part where it's like it becomes a whole racial thing. Okay, you come. I'm getting to it now. So, reach the conclusion the death penalty cannot be imposed fairly within the constraints of our constitution. I cannot support its <clears throat> impassion in the, in this case. There are sub. Substantial evidence that William Henry Hans is mentally retarded oh. as well as mentally ill. There is reason to believe that his trial and sentencing proceedings were infected with racial prejudice. Mm. One of his sit- sentencers has came forward to say that she did not vote for the death penalty because of his mental impairments. Hans had an IQ of 75 Ooh. and 79 points, which classifies him as a borderline intellectual functioning on modern medical scales of mental retardation. Mm. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. Um, other issues besides Hans' mental and psychiatric status had created controversy prior to the day of his electrocution. And on one, the questions of racial bias in the state sentencing sentencing jury exploded. Exploded. Um, it just said it, it caused a whole bunch of problems. Okay. The Georgia State Board of Pardons and paroles had not even pro- proofread his or his order denying his stay of execution and conflated in other documents about the same about some of the other prisoners. Okay. So what happened was one of the um what do you call the jurors mm-hmm. was a white woman named Patricia Lee May. Uh huh. So she came forward to report that other jurors made racial remarks about Hans, such mm. as quote just one more sorry nigga that no one will miss. Mm. And if executed, he will be, quote, one less nigga to breed. Mm. Shit. Yeah, man, that's rough. I mean, like, this <laughs> this guy is not a good guy, but that's a really broad stroke to... A, 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 what is that? What is that? What, the, what is the term I'm looking for? A broad paint... Broad brush to stroke the paint? That's close enough. That's just... Yeah, that's just, that's just a really wide net to cast. Be like, well, you know, I mean, we kill him. One nigga down, such and such to go. Like, whoa, man, that made it really weird. Cause it's yeah. like it's easy to be like, 
yeah, fuck this guy. It's like everybody's on board, like, fuck this guy, right? Yeah, he's a piece of shit, right? Yeah, and that's one less nigger around. Oh, uh, uh, whoa, um, I need to go talk to the, <laughs> I need to go talk to the bailiff, uh, about something. Wow, oh uh, wow, yeah, it took sideways. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's gross. Yeah, he did bad things, but I mean, like, you don't have to go there, man. Like, right, he's a piece of shit, you know. But now you're just hoping he gets to ex- get the electric chair because he's black. Yeah, because you just want to see a black person die. Right, and that makes it weird, you know. It's yeah. like then you call uh, niggers and all that. Yeah, that's, yeah like, come on, man, I'm going a bit too far. Yeah. So, um, after all that, there was there was only one black juror who was 26-year-old named Gail Lewis Daniels. So, Gail Lewis Daniels, according to Lee May, Daniels was subjected to racial and <coughs> invective in the jury room. Damn. So, yeah, they was just like, she, she's the only black juror. That's not a jury of your peers. They, like... That's not a jury of your peers, man. No, nah, so they was giving her problems, and then... I can just I can just summarize for you what's going to say next. Mm-hmm. So, what happened was... Since she was having all these problems, her being the only black juror. Yeah. Now she, I think how the voting went, I think that at some point when they did the poll, uh-huh. whoever voted for him not, not to, to die, get it, she they were like she it was a black person. Yeah, but she didn't speak up because she was so scared. Oh wow. So, and it wouldn't have helped anyway. But still, though. Like, well, I mean, he he was guilty, but that yeah. would be. I don't know if that's enough to constitute a hung juror. I think it has to be more than one person. But yeah, that's crazy. Like that's that's intimidation. That's not that's not okay. Yeah, I'm I'm very much a proponent of. Look, man. Even if they're guilty, you got to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. You got to give this person a fair trial. You got to give him a jury of his peers, and a jury of this man's peers is not. If there's twelve jurors, eleven of them are racist. Maybe ten, because this one white lady was nice enough to be like, "Hey, um, they're like saying racist stuff in there, you know? Like, so that's not okay." Mm-hmm. But she still voted guilty, you know. So it just yeah. you got to give people a, a, a jury of their peers a fair trial, and you can't have another juror in there getting intimidated. That's crazy. Yeah, then like basically. But he's guilty. So yeah, I mean, he's guilty. Know. But like all that would have to something to do with just being, you know, ra- just just racism. Yeah, it was all about racism. Yeah. And then they were saying that for her that she her didn't speak up to what she did or how the voting went uh-huh. that she could have been charged for perjury. So I'm like. Yeah, now you now you're willing to like, go to jail damn. and not get like beat up or something. You know, right? You making a choice. It's like a catch twenty two. It's like either way. I don't like. I don't like. I'm so scared. I'd rather commit a crime than speak up and say that I voted not guilty. Yeah, that's 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 no condition. That's not that's not justice. I mean, this guy going to jail and being executed or whatever. You know, again, I I've, my, I've made my stance clear on that. But if that's what the if that's what the you know the 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 court system came through with, then that's fair because he did it. But that's not justice. That this wasn't a, that doesn't sound like a fair trial. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. And so he said that there is compelling evidence that the law was not that the law was not followed. That hence the Hans's civil rights were violated. Yeah. And that he was a victim of racism and political and political expediency. So. But he did it. But he did so, it. Yeah. He did it. Yeah. But it's so not it's a like, good. It's, it's just, not a good precedent it's just though. Not right though. Because somebody else could be innocent and have the same exact treatment. Right. So it's just. You got to do stuff the right way, man. And Even that's if what you I, know. Understand, I understand when you say you don't agree with it most of the time. Yeah, because it, it's situations like this. Yeah, you you just you you're counting on human beings mm-hmm. to be perfect. That's why I don't understand this whole blue wall of silence thing. I don't understand how you as a person could see an incident 
of a police brutality and automatically go, well, you know, they should have just complied. It's like you're assuming that because that person has a badge on that they're this perfect person mm -hmm. who does everything right and that other person forced their hand and made them slam them up against the wall or shoot them or whatever. It's like somebody can have a badge on and be stupid or racist or angry or scared. You Just because they have a badge on doesn't make them some kind of superhero. Right. And that's how a lot of those people who automatically go, well, you should have complied. They, it's just like they're just like, well, police are infallible. They mm -hmm. cannot do anything wrong because of the fact that they are police. And that's just not that's true. False. People suck at their jobs sometimes. That's just a fact of the matter. But, I mean, even still, there's still people. Like, if you take exactly. that badge off, there's still a exactly. regular, a regular person. person. Them having that badge on doesn't make them a better person, a smarter person, a more, like, you know, you know, not bad person. There right. could be a bad person who has a badge on. Mm. That's just that's just that's just true. You know, there could be a doctor who's racist. Now, if he doesn't let that racism affect his treatment of patients, then you know it's whatever. You right. can. I don't. I'm not saying people don't be racist. That's never going to change. Right. But when you start to let it affect your job, that's you know. So when if you have you know preconceived notions about black and brown people, and then you go come from your suburban house into these inner city communities disgusted every like look at how these people live you don't understand you don't even have the compassion to try to understand what's going on how these people ended up in you're just like yeah these people are animals man i hate it here but it's my job if you go into there with that kind of situation as soon as something pops off that anger is anger is laced in fear so anger can go from fear real quick to mm -hmm. this person reaches in their pocket or whatever your brain is like he's black he's got a knife it's gun it's just I've seen this situation so many times, and also I know how they are. So bow, and I shoot them. You know, and you you just I don't you can't let people's uh, a profession automatically make you dictate what kind of person they are because it's just not true. You, a person could have a badge or be a doctor. You could be a doctor and be a gross, not smart. You know, you could be just a weird person. Mm -hmm. Being a doctor doesn't make you. A higher human being it just means you worked a little harder at something you wanted to do but how do you see a black person and a white person and then they're the exact same way in the exact same situation and be like look at that guy like you the black guy you like look at him yeah but how do you don't look at the, the oh other, yeah you go like, drive through dundalk it's just as many poor it, that's what i mean poor people doing the same you know weird shit that poor black people do but it, it's just that's not looked at with the same color. level of hate right. you know it's it, you know it it really is. I can never yeah. understand that. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy, That's man. Insane. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. But that was William Henry Hance. Oh, that's cool. So I wonder. I said I was going to do that one since he came up in the other one. I wonder. Yeah, I like how, I like how, you, brought, I like how you brought that back around. Yeah. I enjoyed that. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my <laughs> turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. <laughs> All right, and we are back. Once again, folks. Oh, I forgot to make this announcement in the top of the show. Uh, we have reached Fran's goal that he set a little while back. We have over a hundred reviews on iTunes. Oh wow! So uh, thank you guys for that. Um, they have been awesome reviews. We reached a hundred. We want to keep it going. Again, I've uh, gotten not a wait. Debate. We got a hundred reviews. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Damn. Not. I wouldn't quite say it was a debate, but somebody had said they don't have uh, uh, iTunes. Oh, I yeah. think it was our new listener named Kara, if, yeah. I believe, if, uh -huh. I, if I believe that's her name. And she said, I don't have an uh, Apple phone, so I can't leave you guys a review. And then she goes, but Android phones are better anyway. And I I just said, yeah, all right. you know. But, like, 
that's just not oh, true. Yeah, that was I'm not gonna get into. Maybe <laughs> your Android phone, you can it can interface with crazy things. It can when you open it up, snowflakes come down because it's snowing outside and all this kind of stuff. But everybody has an iPhone, so which one really is better? You know, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't even talk was, to Green she Bubbles. Was, she was she was nice. Nice, but uh, that was just delusion. Yeah, but I mean, like, come, come on. on, you know. I mean, let's get real, you know. <laughs> come on. Yeah, I don't even talk to Green Bubbles. You I was know? like, so, you don't believe that. Yeah, like, you don't believe what <laughs> you <laughs> that's just come on, man. What are we saying here? I understand you want to make yourself feel better. I'm sure you have the coolest Android phone that's out that you can get. It's not. A, it's not an Apple. No. It's just not an Apple product, you know. But whatever, you know. I still don't talk to Green Bubbles, but I respect your decision to be an Android <laughs> user. And we don't need we don't need you to leave us a review. You leave us a review in your heart, and you just be a listener and ride with us on this journey. And we appreciate you just as much as somebody that leaves us a review. Yeah. So she can take you. she can take one of these stickers, throw on the back of that Android. Yeah, hope, hope it don't explode. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to all those right, shout, shout out to all those dog. shout out to all those Android users who don't uh, who can't see the dope emojis. You know, <laughs> it just is a square and a circle or whatever when you get. I'm trying to send you the shrug emoji. You don't even know what happened. But shout out to you, though. Anyway, my affirmative murder this week is actually uh, I got inspired to do it because the um, the person, not only, one, it's a cult, and two, they oh, were boy. recently in the news because of um, something that happened on Friday. So um, I decided I wanted to tell the story. So my affirmative murder this week is the story of Shoko Asahara. Okay. So Shoko Asahara was born in Chitsuo... Matsumoto mm. on March 2nd, 1955 in Yashurio, Japan. One of seven children, his poor family made uh um basically mats, like uh woven mats. Like basically seven? whatever mat you can think of like whenever you think of a mat in a Japanese movie like a, like almost like a little bamboo wood mat. Oh, okay. They made those. Like little area mats. Mm. So they made those uh for a living. Uh, Asahara contracted infantile glaucoma at birth, Mm. leading to blindness in his left eye at an early age. He had only partial sight in his right eye. As a child, Asahara was enrolled in a school for the blind. Some stories describe Asahara as a bully towards other students while in school, which if you are damn half blind, you should not be trying to bully people. I, I live for the day, and I never will get to experience it now. But hopefully, maybe someday my son will. I live for the day that there's some bully at school who could definitely get his ass kicked, but everybody just is like, you know, whatever, man. Mm. He just kind of knocks your books out of his hand. Let him live. He's harmless. I would tell my child to lay the hands of God on that person. A blind kid? Oh, man, you get a couple of your kids together and jump him. Beat the shit out of him, man. What is, like, partially blind, though? One eye's... Done. Yeah, but and the, the other, other eye was, eye was a little, little cloudy. Oh, so, so wow. yeah, so he barely can see. Beat the shit up, sneak up behind him, beat him with a broomstick. He and won't he, even know it's you. And he bullying people. Yeah. Who does this guy think he is? Uh, somebody with two eyes. <laughs> Cause I'm not the one. I wish. You know, you see these like, uh, you see you like wish, a movie. You wish, or, a, you wish a blind kid bullies your child. I wish a blind kid bullied me, oh. but I will now live through my child in the oh, future, okay. and I hope a blind kid bullies my kid. Ooh, he's gonna, ooh, he's gonna lay something on that kid. But my point is, even able, I don't like bullies. Mm-hmm. So even able body bullies, and we didn't really have bullies when we were in school. We had a kid who was devastating, but I wouldn't call, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call Kelly a bully. No, I wouldn't I would, call I would, Kelly a bully. No. He was a nice guy, but if you wanted to smoke. 
he would kindly deliver the smoke to your front door. Oh, most definitely. Yes. So all these, like, we see these TV shows of the kid with the leather jacket, like, give me your lunch money, punk. Uh, I never really experienced that in any level of school, elementary to high. I never, there was never a kid who, oh, no, no, Brian's coming down the hallway. Like a Debo type of guy, like, tuck mm-hmm. your chain. I never saw that in high school. So whenever I see that represented in, in movies, I'm like, ah, it's just not my experience. Mm. Now, people who maybe make fun of you hard, we definitely, you know, people calling you ugly or making fun <laughs> of your shoes. Yeah. It was more social bullying, but that was like a lot of kids. Like right. every kid was doing that. But like one alpha bully, I, I never experienced that. And that's what it sounds like this guy was. Like he was he was the big guy on campus who would, you know, impose his will on kids. Mm. And I don't like that. But it just wasn't the experience I had. There used to be one in middle school, um, I'm not gonna say his name, but he used to hang out with he used to hang out with Kelly. Oh, he was younger than Kelly, but oh, Kelly was the cool the cool chill one, but he was like the one that he like, was he was the enforcer. Just played too goddamn. He just oh, played okay, too come much. smack you because he knew he yeah, knew you would, just, he would he knew you wouldn't do anything. Right, so okay. he, he was tough, but he just come fuck with. Was you it just, Dorian? Just, no, it wasn't. Dorian. Okay, Dorian was cool. Dorian was cool. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he grew yeah, up in my just, neighborhood. It was know. just one. He used to be. I, yeah, Miles don't, don't say his name then. Yeah, don't say his name then. It sounds like he might be a dangerous character. I'm not scared of now. I don't give a fuck what. Say name. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> After attending a school for the blind, Asahara graduated in 1977, but failed to gain entry into a university. In 1978, he began. St- What's crazy is he en- he enrolled for a medical university. I think one of the biggest things about being in medicine is that you need to be able to see. So, I mean, I think that kind of eliminates you immediately. Well, uh, what aspect of surgery could you do, or medicine could you do? And not be able to see. I guess you could do Braille, but you know you can't be a surgeon. That's out. Uh, I wouldn't really want you. Maybe he can like do like being uh, family medicine, physicals, and, physicals or something like. You know, I don't want him cuffing balls, my balls. Balls, uh, you know, tests. Yeah, but what if he just like, cuffs my dick because he can't see? That's awkward. He, I'm sure if he was a doctor and able to do that, he know what's what he's touching. I guess unless you got it. <laughs> Look, man, I don't know what you're on today. We're going to move on. I don't even want to know what you were going to say. Uh, so he did not get, he did not make it into a university. In 1978, he began studying traditional Chinese medicine and married Tomoko Matsumoto. Mm-hmm. He soon turned his ambitions to peddling herbal medicine. In 1981, he was convicted of practicing pharmacy without a license. So it reminds me a lot of that. Remember that kid, Dr. Love, that black kid who was on Twitter heavy? He was like this 17-year-old kid who had a medical practice. He had this photo like this with his hand on his chin oh, with glasses yeah, on. Well. And he not only had a fake medical practice, he later on, like a couple, like just a couple years ago, he, he, got, caught up, yeah, he got caught up in some yeah. other kind of scam. He tried to buy a car. Oh, the dude is a the scammer heavily. You can look him up on YouTube. I think he has a video of being interviewed like, yeah, you know, we practice medicine. Like everybody was just like, I guess this is like some kind of kid prodigy doctor. They thought he was like Doogie Hauser. Like he went to medical school and just was 17, but was a a great doctor or something. So there's a there's like an interview of him on the news like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you know, I just just graduated really this early. This after he got caught or This is before. Before. Before He had a whole practice? Yeah, he had a little office building and shit, man. Wow. I he didn't was know the all scammer that. of the century. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. Dr. Love, look him up. People look up Dr. Love, wow. man. If you want to learn how to do it right, he did it right, uh, scam wise. Wow. Had every he had he had uh, uh what is it? Uh he had patients and people were coming to him. That's, Calling him Dr. Love. That's funny. Hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know he had a whole practice. Yeah, he had a whole practice, man. Wow. 
Dr. Love Inc. or something, something crazy, man. Yeah. So he was of this, you know, uh, uh, this guy's um, Shoko was of that ilk, a scammer, you know. But he did. I will. I will give him a little bit of credit. He did real, really have a passion for medicine. He just didn't have the ability to get. Who the you talking about? Shoko. Guy, okay. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, Shoko Asahara. He did have a passion for medicine. He just mm-hmm. didn't have the wherewithal to get the right paperwork and credentials and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So he just was kind of practicing medicine without the right paperwork to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, um, so he got fined for practicing without a, a pharmacy without a license. And it was at this time that Asahara began his religious quest, studying Chinese astrology and Taoism. Relatively, relatively little is known about this period of Asahara's life. So it's just kind of everybody knows that at some point he got into mysticism and astrology and all this kind of stuff. But it was it's not very well known mm-hmm. of this period in his life. Like there's no real detail about it. Asahara's attitude towards religion was not the typical was not typical among Japanese people. While religion does not play a significant daily role in the lives of ordinary Japanese people, except on days of religious ceremonies such as funerals and weddings, Asahara's goal was to achieve the ultimate enlightenment, mentioned in multiple ancient religious texts. He tried various schools, meditations, and approaches in order to find an effective way to his enlightenment. An example may be found in his pursuit of Aganshu, a Buddhist religious group which he joined in the early 1980s. The most serious of the religious practices was the practice of 1,000 consecutive days of offerings. And here we go with this crazy religious shit. Those who offered money daily throughout throughout this period were promised enlightenment. Despite the financial hardships, Asahara completed the course, but enlightenment never came. So they basically said, you want to reach the ultimate enlightenment for 1,000 days. You just give us money. And at the end of the thousand days, you'll be enlightened. It's that easy. And this he guy was making a shitload. Well, he was paying a shitload. Oh, he was paying, he was paying oh, he somebody wasn't... to give him enlightenment. Oh. And he was having a hard time financially, but he said, well, I want this. So I'm going to have to try to make the money where I can. And I got to find a way to get my enlightenment. I got to give him what I can for a thousand days straight. And, you know, eventually I'll really? be enlightened. Really? But it never, it, he didn't get it. Really? Because, well, shocker, it didn't work out. <laughs> Didn't it didn't work out? I, I encourage everybody if you if you are a religious person, go to church, be get your spiritualism on, but don't think that because you put money in that pan that you're gonna your car is gonna you're gonna have the money for your car next month. You gotta you gotta work. God rewards those who get out there and go and go get it. You know, like you can't just think a miracle is gonna happen. The miracle might be that you work really hard at your job and you get a promotion. The miracle's not gonna be that uh, somebody leaves a bag with ten thousand dollars on your doorstep. Not always money. It's not always money. Sometimes it's you. You get a, 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 a an opportunity, you know, and you gotta start looking for signs in other ways than just somebody handing you something or some some guy in the sky blessing you with something that material. It's not always material. Sometimes it's a lesson. Yep. Sometimes it's a, it's an opportunity. Sometimes it's just you know figuring out that somebody's not supposed to be in your life. It's it can, blessings can come in a lot of ways. Yeah. But the the material one, if they're offering you material blessings, it's probably bullshit. Yeah. Because it, it is. But the thing about that is you can use those lessons or whatever. To turn can, it in. You can make money. money. Yeah, but you got to put the work in. You exactly. got to put the legwork exactly. in. Exactly. People want blessing. People want uh, miracles, man. Sometimes the miracle is you get in uh, the ability to do something that turns into money or, yeah. or something of that, you know, something like that. But you got to put in the legwork, too, man. Beggars can't be choosers. Uh, 
I don't know if that applies here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It I mean, beggar, beggars, beggars, in this situation, a beggar can choose to go to church and hope that something happens. But if you be like, you put that money in that pan and you like, oh, I wish I get a million dollars tomorrow. That's, you're begging for you. You're yeah. so begging you're, so and you're, saying, you're choosing. So you're, you're saying, doing both of them. So you're saying beggars can't be choosing in the sense that like if you pray for a million dollars, but somebody gives you 10, now that's like, more money than you had yesterday. Like yeah, that, the, you gotta accept it's, your it's, miracle in that yeah, way. Yeah, but it's not that million dollars that you. Yeah, but it's for. something. Yeah. So you can't be like, oh man, God didn't give me a million dollars, but God just got you food for that day. Yep. That's your miracle. Somebody came up to you and said, "Hey, man, you look hungry. Yeah. You know, you want something to eat." But in the back of your head, that's not what you wanted. Yeah. It's like but beggars, but beggars can't be. Ch- I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just with saying. You. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, the homeless people out there, you know, they want money, but somebody give them water, they like, I don't, I don't want this shit. I wish. I think we've discussed this before. <laughs> I, th- yeah, we I wish that out of the kindness of my heart, I went to somebody, man, hey, man, you look hungry, man. Would you like my lunch? No, man. Can I just get some money? Buffy, can't you see he's just hungry? Here you go, sir. A nice sandwich for you. See? If I said a dollar, bitch. Ow. Well, give a fuck you, then. I'd throw my food on the I would not eat that food just to see him understand that I do have money. I'm going to go get another sandwich <laughs> and you will not eat that sandwich and you will not get my money for my second sandwich. You ungrateful person. I wish I've never, thankfully I've never come across. I've had some great conversations with people that are, you know, all down on the luck and mm-hmm. I give them a dollar or something They're like, thank you, man. You know, some people don't even look me in my eyes and won't shake my hand. You know, and I, was, I hear some tragic stories, but if one of those people had the audacity to refuse water from me on a hot day or not take a meal from me. Oh, Oh, who, baby? Getting you will see. That. Yeah, that makes me angry. <laughs> like a person not being grateful. Oh, that, that's the worst kind of person, an ungrateful person. And you, you can't be an ungrateful, a homeless person. Yeah, that's true. That's you. I just, I hope I never see that kind of person. That's crazy. I hope I never see that person. Oh man, <laughs> got me fired up. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, so um, he did the thousand day thing. Gave you know, gave his money for a thousand days straight and received no blessings, no enlightenment. But yet he still persevered and he still continued to believe in this uh, situation that he Wait, was in. Wait, I'm sorry. I just thought about you said a thousand days. A thousand days. That's like three years. <laughs> Damn, yeah, I didn't a be thousand like, days. I didn't, I didn't yes. process it until yeah. one wow. thousand days of just giving. Every day you give somebody money. That's a thousand days. 365 days in a year. So you're 365. Now you're at 700 and something. Just under three years. Just under three, like oh, two and a half man. years of just every day you got to go give somebody money. Bill collectors don't even hit you up like that. Wow. At least they only hit you up once a month, every That's day. Insane. That's wild. And he was like, well, you know, I need this enlightenment. So here, two and a half years. You wow. could pay off a, you could pay off a, a Chrysler Sebring in two and a half years. <laughs> Very specific car. It's a nice car. They don't make them anymore, but it was at one point in time. It was a nice car. You can get a convertible. <laughs> it's not like it's like a convertible, but it's not a car you want to see somebody drop the top on. Yeah, it's a very sensible car. <laughs> it's like if you drop the top on a Chevy Cobalt, it's like I mean, it's a Chevy Cobalt, man. I guess you, the top's down, but like you're not like showing out. I guess it's the top is down. It's like you put it top down, the PT Cruiser. Yeah, it's like I mean, <laughs> I guess it's a com- I guess it's a you could call it a convertible, but it's a it's a PT Cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Mustang, is it? You know. Anyway, anyway, uh, several years passed, and uh, Asahara's efforts started to bring results. He continued to live in one small 
one in a small one-room apartment in Tokyo's Shibuya district with his wife and two daughters in a one-bedroom apartment. Shibuya, small. Shibuya, Shibuya. Shibuya. Shibuya roll call. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he lived there with two daughters and a wife in a one-bedroom. Mm. Uh, it was during that period that he gained the support of his first most loyal disciples. He started to teach them yoga. Financial hardship continued to constrain his efforts as Asahara refused to accept any payment for his coaching. This was contradictory to the religious pr principles he had been taught, specifically that only once he has achieved enlightenment may he accept material offers. That's kind of the situation that we are in right now. Uh, we have been asked several times about Patreons and so on and so forth. Listen, we don't want your money. We cannot accept your money until the podcast gods have opened our third eye to the full potential that we could recognize from this podcast. I, I would not ask somebody to pay me money to do an amateur thing. Once we feel as we've reached the mountaintop and that gate has opened up to that podcast, that big podcast vault in the sky, and we receive all the knowledge of how to do this, all the all the different techniques that 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 kung fu of podcasting, then we might ask you for two bucks. But as of right now, keep your money. Maybe go donate it to the ASPCA. Maybe go make a donation to uh, the Innocence Project, and, and just keep it pushing, man. Just uh, just appreciate being on this journey of growth with us. And I will continue my story. Okay. So, yeah, so he can't accept material offerings until he's reached this enlightenment. Uh, in 1987, Asahara returned from a visit to India and explained to his disciples that he had attained his ultimate goal, enlightenment, which means what? He can start getting that money now. <laughs> so uh, uh, his, his closest disciples started giving him money, which he uh, then used to organize an intensive yoga seminar that lasted several days and attracted many people interested in spiritual development. So basically, wow. he took that money, flipped it into an event mm -hmm. that brought more people and more brought money. more money. Yep. Smart guy, smart, man. Smart, yeah. Yeah, smart move. I'm sure he just did it out of the love of yoga and, you know, yeah, blah, blah, sure. blah, you know, and enlightenment, sure you know. <laughs> I think what happened in India is that somebody was like, Man, what are you doing, man? You got people following you. They want to give you money. Go back there and start taking their money, man. And then you gave them the keys. like, And then you have some kind of event. Bring them here. And then they'll make more money. You know what's crazy is during, right around this time, you know what was going on in India? I believe. I might be wrong. But I think so. That Wild Wild Country documentary, I don't know if you watched it. They were based in India. And they it's some very similarities to how this cult uh makes moves mm -hmm. that's very similar to some shit that the um the Bahak uh, rock shanish or however i can't remember how it said how they move is very similar to how this cult moves mm -hmm. and for him going to india it might have been he might have caught the wave of some kind of talking that was going on about how to get money from people doing yoga and 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 bringing them on retreats and all that kind of shit it mm -hmm. seems like he might have caught the wave and talk it took it back to japan but i don't know by the way, Wild Wild Country, I know it's been beaten to the ground for most people, but if you haven't watched it, oh, go watch it. It's crazy. It's about cults? It's about a it's about a people who just wanted to do yoga and be free or whatever, and then they started expanding, and they moved to, to like, Oklahoma or something, and almost, or Oregon, I'm sorry, they moved to Oregon and almost took over the whole state. Wow. They started, they had an airport and a hotel and, and and they were making their own clothes. It was crazy. They and they were getting so much money from the people that were in the cult that it was it was just it was crazy. It was Damn. wild. And they almost took over the whole state of Oregon. Wow. It was wildness. 
wild, wild country. Wild, wildness. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he reached enlightenment, started getting money, had a yoga retreat. Everybody's loving it. Everybody's having a uh, fun time and everything like that. And Asahara himself coached the participants. And the group quickly started to grow. At this time, uh, they were not a mono, they were not a monastic order. Mm-hmm. So that means uh, monastic just means like what nuns do or what monks do, where you live in a quarters, like you live in a compound and you that you give up your possessions and you just choose to be there. Yeah, like such as a nun. Like, or, if you watch Sister Act, you you get a you get the kind of idea Full that Whoopi, Whoopi, yeah, you know, classic classic Whoopi movie, Sister Act, Sister Act Two, you know, when Jesus was great, great scene, great scene. That kid, black kid, comes down, hits the note, goes even higher than that. Yeah, don't do that ever again. Everybody in here. You said Whoopi, man. I didn't say sing. When I hear Whoopi, <laughs> I hear sing. How? Sister Act Two. All right. <laughs> That same year, Sister Act. <laughs> great movie, man. Lauren Hill's in it. Anyway, that same year, uh, Shoko Asahara officially changed his name and applied for government registration of the group Aum Shinrikyo, roughly translated to Religion of Truth. The religion blended Hindu and Buddhist spirituality with teachings of the Bible's revelations, as well as the writings of the 16th century Christian monk Nostradamus. So what do you got like it? He got it like it. Copywritten or something? Well, he, I, he, I think he did Japan's version of uh, re- uh, applying to be uh, uh, recognized as a religion, oh, okay. which in Amer- here in America means you don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same thing over there. But it's basically just like mix, this mishmash of all these different religions and... It's not even like an original. I mean, I don't know what religion is. I don't know. I don't even, I'm not going to go into, you know, bashing mm-hmm. people's religions. But he a lot of his teachings were also from Nostradamus, who famously has made a lot of predictions in history from hundreds of years ago mm-hmm. that are starting to seem like they've come true in the past like 80 years or so. Mm-hmm. Like he he like almost as if he might have known what was going on. You know, there's a famous Chappelle show sketch with Paul Mooney, Negro Damas, mm-hmm. uh and it was based off of this person, Nostradamus. Yeah. Made a lot of predictions. Some of them have been coming true as of late in, in the years. Om um, Shinrikyo taught that the world is destined for destruction and that Shoko Asahara is the savior who will lead the spiritually pure to salvation. The authorities were initially reluctant to grant the status of a religious organization, but eventually granted the legal recognition after an appeal in 1989. So they took their ass to court and they won, just like Mr. David Miscavige of the Church of Scientology. This is this 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 story is right up my alley, man. I'm getting to talk about all kind of cults and I'm loving it. So he took them to court, kicked their ass legally, and then they had to go. All right, well, I guess you are a religion. Fuck out of here. <laughs> well put, friend. Yeah, fuck out of here. <laughs> Uh, Sokshoko Asahara. <laughs> After this, the the monastic order was established and many of the lower level followers decided to join. So after this happened and they got recognized, that's when people started like leaving their worldly possessions behind and going to him and, you know, probably wearing funny robes. And that's and, like, that's like all you need. Once you get one person to be like, to buy in. Yeah, we follow them. Like, and then you go to court and you fucking. Yeah. But oh. what's crazy here is, like, in America, if you're able to do that, you could potentially make millions upon millions of dollars. What? If you, if you establish yourself as a religion and you get some people to follow you and donate money to you, you're getting – you're not. it's not taxable. It's not taxable money. Wow. So you just can stack money upon money. That's why you see – and it's, it hurts my heart, really, when you see these mega churches and shit uh, in these poor black neighborhoods – 
just popping up. They build like they start getting pain glass and it keeps getting uh bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. but like the 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 um the everything around them still stays you know in the same condition that it's in. Like yeah. they they aren't putting the money back into the community, mm-hmm. you know? So that makes me sick honestly. These mega churches in these poor neighborhoods, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like castles? Yeah, they look they're insane <laughs> and they have like uh Cadillac um uh hearses. I know one, so I know exactly. <laughs> it's crazy, man. They got Cadillac hearses and Mercedes Benz hearses. It's like, yeah, I mean, you want to send people off in a nice way, but you're just you have so much money to spend. That's what you're. That's what you're spending it on. That's I think the people around you, the community around you, would much rather have like a rec center or, you know, some kind of program for kids to go to after school. But not if you got like people that come to your church. What do you mean? Not like the people. The people is not like. I don't like this guy because he's using Oh, they love you. They're like, you're great. Yeah. Oh, you bought a jacuzzi? Then obviously God told you to buy the jacuzzi, so praise you. You drive a Rolls Royce? That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's great, man. I'm happy for you. (laughs) I hope I can drive a Rolls Royce someday. Well, yeah, you put money in the pan, and maybe God will bless you with a Rolls Royce someday. Blessings on to you. Drive off. Or like his chauffeur opens the door, the suicide door. Well, hopefully, hey, sister, you come back next week with $10, you put it in that pan, and you'd be surprised the blessings God will give you. I have to go get a facial now. Goodbye. You know. It's unbelievable. Alphonse, open the door, please. Drive off. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even. Yeah, it, may, it, really, it really makes my blood boil, that stuff. Um, uh, at its peak in the 1990s, Aum Shinrikyo was estimated to have 10,000 members in Japan and thousands more in other countries, particularly in Russia. And Russia is just. Uh, Russia, man, y'all. I'll be on some shit. I don't know. You know, you know. Well, what happened? I'm just saying, Russia just is always in some crazy shit, man. There's always dictators and all kind of crazy shit going on in Russia. It's cold. I'm good. In my travels, when I start getting my travel on, I might. I'm probably gonna skip Russia. You gonna exit off? Yeah, I'm just gonna go across that whole thing out. I'm all right. You know, I'm cool. In the early 1990s, Asahara attempted to have Aum Shinrikyo members elected to Japanese public office. So basically, he thought that if he got if he was able to get people in the public office, eventually he would be able to sway things to where he would end up being like the prime minister of Japan, wow. which is basically the president. However, they failed a bunch of like not very fruitful elections. Like they tried, they failed. Nobody got elected into the um into the parliament. It didn't work the way they thought it was. The way they thought it would. It's getting a little ahead of itself. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, we can take over Japan. No, man, just like, just live in your moment and do your thing. Like your head. Don't, people get greedy, don't agree, man. Exactly. Don't yeah, get, people too- get greedy. You wanted to take over the whole Japan? What kind of aspirations is that? That's crazy. Doing it for a year, like. Yeah. yeah. Well, now it. let me just take over the whole country. It's like we got goals. Do we want to be the hottest true crime podcast in the world? Yeah, but you got to take the streets first. It's levels we, to this. Yeah, exactly. We've done that, but now we're going to live in this being the hottest true crime podcast in the streets for a little bit. Mm. We don't. We're not going to jump straight to the world. That's on the list, but you got to live in it, <laughs> and move up. It's levels to this, as you just said. Right. Okay. So yeah, so they failed a bunch of elections trying to get people from Om um, Shinrikyo into office. That didn't work out. After that, the organization began forming political organizations to influence the Japanese government. So they said, all right, well, we can't play this game with getting actual people in, but we have money, we have influence. We'll try to, like, whisper to the people that have the positions from the outside. Mm -hmm. 
you know, almost like a super PAC that we have in, co- in this country. Like, get a group of people, they make a donation to a candidate who can get elected, and you say, well, if you get elected, we want uh, Om Shinrikyo Day. Oh, okay. You know, you try to use your money to influence people with power. Which is also, he's doing all the right things, but, well, he's doing all the wrong. He's evil, but he's, he's making moves that, if you do them the right way, it's very house of cards shit. It's very power moves, very scandal esque. You know, these are these are the moves so it's like that. Like a bribe. Yes, it's exactly not even like a bribe. It is a bribe. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, so they tried to do that. Around this time, re- reports began to surface that the group had attempted to buy and manufacture manufacture materials for chemical weapons. Wow. Yes, and if you've watched Wild Wild Country, you're starting to see this is a lot of this. This is like the Wild Wild Country playbook. You know, they started messing around with chemical weapons and uh, trying to get involved in politics so they could take over the town. But they tried to take over Oregon. These people tried to take over Japan. <laughs> they tried to take over an entire country. You know, that's, that's, that's big aspirations. In March 1995, members of the Om Shinrikyo attacked the Tokyo subway system with the nerve gas sarin. Thirteen people died and thousands suffered from the effects of after an intense investigation, evidence indicated that Shoko Asahara was the mastermind behind the attack. It released the gas in, in, inside the subway? The, inside, inside the uh, subway station, yeah. Wow. I, I, and, and what's crazy is, to this day, they don't, still, they, still, they don't know why. They never got answers out of the people. They don't know what, they don't know what it why, is. No, they don't know why, why they did it. They never said. Wow. And I'll get to that, but yeah. Dozens of the Om, Sh- uh, the Om Shinrikyo disciples were arrested and the organization's facilities were raided authorities arrested asahara and his wife also uh so when well, i also but now what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna ask for some like some nerdy music and i'm gonna take you guys to school <clears throat> sarin gas is unique in potency but not in mechanism there are other drugs pesticides and plants that work the same way they are called choline esterase inhibitors Our nerves talk to each other by releasing chemicals called neurotransmitters. The chemicals called neuro, the the amount of particular neurotransmitters help determine whether a nerve fires or not. So basically what is, let's say uh, you have a cold and you need to get something out of your body, the infection. Uh, a A nerve will release a neurotransmitter telling your nose to make your nose run. Or if you eat something hot, and you're, you're, you know, it's like your your instinct is the sal. It's not an instinct, but you'll start to salivate. But the nerve releases a neurotransmitter that says you you need to, you need to make this is you need to release water to cool your mouth off. So basically, the neurotransmitters release and they tell your body to do stuff: cry. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. cry, snot. You know, mouth water. These are this is what the purpose of the neurotransmitters. That's cool. Yeah. Um, the amount of a particular neurotransmitter helps determine whether it whether a nerve fires or not. What so-called nerve agents do, which is what sarin gas is, they alter those neurotransmitters. So it's like the opposite. So basically, what sarin gas does is it 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 enters your system and it tells your body to do all those things that I just described. Do them to the max. Oh shit. Do them too much. So now your nose is running. Not your nose is running. Your eyes are crying. Your mouth is watering. You're vomiting. Your bowels release. Ugh. Everything at once. It all happens. It's just it overstimulates your nerves. That sounds scary. Everything releases at once. Yeah, there was a sarin gas attack in Syria like two years ago, and it was 
everybody was like that that's when donald trump bombed syria because of that because he said like that was a step too far and and chemical agents are illegal and and, and not humane to use but um I don't know, I'm not going to get into that's that. Crazy. But, yes, so they use this gas on these people, and that's what it does. It, it basically overstimulates all the nerves in your body. And it kills you. It doesn't always kill you. Oh, but, okay, I understand. If you survive, then you're good. But what, hold on, I'm going to get to that. If you, if you, it, you, it, most people survive, but okay. it's just not, it's not, it's not pleasant. Okay. So, um, basically what happens is, within seconds of exposure to sarin gas, or liquid, because it can be liquid too, and that evaporates more easily. So, and it's you can't smell it. It it's it's very dangerous. So like it's you, like um, you could throw a balloon of sarin gas down, and nobody would smell it, and then everybody would just start to have the reactions to it. You know, mm. it's pretty crazy. Um, so basically, uh, you start to notice the effects immediately, um, from what's called the um acetylcholine buildup, and that's what I mean by uh, too many of those uh. Well, it's too many of those neurotransmitters are released. That's called an acetylcholine, acetylcholine buildup. So you get too many of those neurotransmitters released, and now your body's doing too much shit. Your snot's coming out. Your mouth's watering. You're, you're vomiting. You know, your eyes are crying. Mm-hmm. So that happens, and you start to notice that immediately because you go from not smelling anything, all of a sudden your eyes are watering a bunch. Your nose That's starts running. Crazy. You know, your mouth is salivating. You don't know what's going on. Um, so that happens. And then, uh, but the fact that shit out there that can do shit like that to your body is fucking insane. Oh, super crazy! And then there's weight. There's worse stuff. That's crazy. This this isn't a guaranteed killer. There's some stuff out there that will kill you and anybody that comes into contact with it. Um. So basically, yeah. So uh, our smooth muscles and secretions go away. The nerves to those areas keep firing, telling them to go. The nose runs, the eyes cry, the mouth drools and vomits, and bowels and bladder evacuate themselves with, without, you know, you lose all control of everything. Um, it, it's, uh, and then, um, since sarin has no smell or taste, like I said, the person may very well have no idea what's going on. Just all of a sudden, your body just starts freaking out. Their chest tightens, vision blurs, and if the exposure was great enough, that process can cause convulsions paralysis and death within one to 10 minutes. Damn. But if you make it through the one to 10 minute phase, you most likely will survive. Um, so that's the effect of sarin gas on the human body. So that's what these people do. They just went down to a train station through, through sarin gas in some kind of way. And nobody knows why, but th- that that's how t- 13 of those people died. They that's like crazy. choked on their own bodily fluids and went into a paralysis and, and died. That's what sarin gas does to a human body. Uh, During Asahara's trial, which began in 1996, the prosecution argued that Asahara gave the orders to attack the Tokyo subway in order to overthrow the government and install himself as emperor of Japan. This is some James (laughs) Bond shit, man. This dude was really on some James Bond shit. Uh, The prosecution also accused Asahara of masterminding the 1994 attack in Matsumoto where members of Am Shinrikyo carried out a poisonous gas attack that killed seven people. This guy. <laughs> yeah, watch who you give power to, man. You could, just, you could just snap your finger and send people. Like, legitimately, we live in a world where if Chris Brown really wanted to, he could go, hey, all the Brownites, go beat somebody up. Like, le- like legitimately. Like, all the Twitter followers <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, 
somebody would go do that. Just one person. Well, even if it was just one person. But yeah. I think it would be way more than that. If, 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 if Justin Bieber set out to his believers, which I am one of, so I would get the roll call. If he said to us, hey, man, go beat up a Chinese man. I don't know why. Just go do it. Because I said so. Hashtag believe in me. I would then go find my other believers in our chat room locally. We would go out and we would carry out this attack because that's how much belief we have in that man. That's crazy. But that's the world we live in. No. You know how many followers Beyonce has on Twitter? She's like a million, like 30 something million. A million? She's like 80 million. Oh. Kylie Jenner has like 100 million followers on, on Instagram. <laughs> it's crazy. She could get 100 people to fucking merc somebody. You know, it's it's we we live in a world where it's a, a bunch of small a lot of small cults going on, and they might not want to call themselves a cult, but the shit that the Beehive does, the Beehive does some wild shit, man. The Beehive, Beyonce's people, they get people out of here. That's what they call it, the Beehive. Beehive, man. They don't take slander. Beyonce slander will not be tolerated. Don't you dare get on Twitter and say something slanderous about Beyonce, and let it get some traction. What it, about what about Nicki Minaj? I think they're called Barb's, yeah, but like Barbies. Nicki Minaj is kind of whack now, so nobody cares anymore. I'm but part her, of it. her her fans are still faithful. Are you a Barb? No. What? No. I thought you said you're a part of it. No, I said I'm part of the LeBron James cult. Okay. So no, yeah, you're a witness. You I'm a witness. Him. I'm a former witness because I I can't follow him to LA. Anyway, Me. Well, yeah, well, um, so uh, yeah, he got accused of uh another attack that happened in '94 or orchestrating because he doesn't do anything himself. During the trial, the remaining members of Aum Shinrikyo distanced themselves from um, Asahara and denounced terrorism. The trial lasted eight years due to a scandal with one of his defense attorneys who was accused but later acquitted of obstruction. Asahara also refused to cooperate with his later court-appointed attorneys, claiming insanity. He was finally convicted of 13 separate crimes in 2004 and was sentenced to death. His final appeal was dismissed in 2006. So just because he's just because he's the mastermind of everything. Yeah, but that's some boss ass shit that you don't even have to do anything. Yeah, just fucking just go, go do this, and also when you're done, bring me a sandwich. <laughs> that's the kind of just kind of power you wield, man. And then you just know you get the phone call like it's done. That's that shit. That sent chills down my spine. I even think about and that. You're you just, just sitting at home. Just hang up on him. Good. Click. Don't even say that. Yeah. Just hang up. Or like something, you know, the package was delivered on time. Goodbye. You know, just hang up the phone, some cold. They, throw, oh, they cracked the phone, throw the, the, the SIM card, yeah. crack it, throw it in the water. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Victory is mine. That's some balls that yeah. shit. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, and now to the part that I was saying about what happened on Friday. So, this is the update of this story. Um, Seven members of, of the Om Shinrikyo cult which carried out the deadly 1995 sarin gas attack on the Tokyo subway, have been executed. Japanese officials uh, have said this on July 8th of this year. So just, what? This, just this past Friday, the news came out from Japan that they that uh, um, Shoko, along with six other members of his cult, were hanged. Just recently? Friday. On Friday the 8th. What? Yes. So it was, it was trending on Twitter. And I've heard this what's, story what's before. What's the name? What, Shoko Asahara. I and I, the, uh, I think I did see that. It's the Om Shinrikyo cult. He looks I like, think I did see he kind of looks like, uh, um, you know, Rick Rubin. Uh, I might be, I mean, you don't. 
he looks like a Japanese Rick Rubin. For those of you who know who Rick Rubin is, he, he helped produce the Beastie Boys. He looks kind of like a scruffy Japanese man, fat, you know, Damn, and uh, one of his eyes is wonky. I check I check trending every day, so I think yeah. I did see that. Yeah, I mean that. you probably did. It was trending. It wasn't like the number one trending probably thing, but it was it was mentioned. Damn. So crazy. yeah, so he was ex. It, the news came out that he was executed on on Friday. I don't know, maybe he was executed on Friday, but ja- Japan, which I'll get into, they don't set dates for it's execution. Just whenever. They just come get you, like yeah, hey, <laughs> we gonna kill you in a couple hours. You ready? Yeah. Speed <laughs> dress. Yeah. <laughs> Cult leader Shoko Asahara, whose real name is. Shizuo Matsumoto had been in prison for 22 years before his execution this week. The attack left more than a dozen people dead and thousands injured. Twelve other members of Om Shinrikyo were sentenced to death for their roles in the Tokyo attack. Asahara's death sentence was finalized in 2006, according to a public broadcaster, but the trial of his, co-consp- of his co-conspirators dragged out on a, on a further dragged on for a further 12 years. So in 2006, he was sentenced to death, but then it took from 2006 until Friday for them to uh, sentence the other six people to death. And I guess once they got through with that trial, they were like, all right, we got seven of y'all to line up. Hey, it's happening today. That's crazy. But it took 12 years for them to convict all, all six of those other people. It took from 2006 to 2018 to convict them to be put to death. Got them out of there. Yes. Since yeah, since those proceedings finished earlier this year, the days of the Om Shinrikyo members had been numbered, even as opponents of the death penalty attempted to block the executions. Asahara was one of seven members of the cult hanged this week. The others are... Bear with me. Tomomosa Nakagawa, Tomitsu Niimi, <laughs> Kiyohari Hayawaka, Hay- I'm sorry, Hayakawa, Yoshihiro Inoi, Seichi Endo, and Masami Tsuchiya, according to Japanese Justice Minister Yoko Kawami. So those are the other six, and and then that's the person who released this information of who the six were. See it with confidence. But what creeps me out is that when whenever we do stories where the person is like, oh, he's still alive, or like, he just got executed or hung last week. Uh-huh. It's like, they've been alive all this time? Like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. He was convicted. He was ca- caught that the attack happened in 94. He got the death penalty in 2006. And then just, and then 12 years later, just this past Friday, that's when he was killed. That's crazy. So he was just sitting in a cell, not talking to anybody. People wanted to know why they did what he did. And he never told anybody why they did the attack. But so what's the point of them ha- killing him? It's just because they have to. That's what the, I mean, that's like, what the court the- decided. That was the penalty for his actions, and they went decided to follow through. That's the thing. That's why this isn't why I'm opposed to death penalty. I, I've made my reasons clear. It just it doesn't. You're not always getting the right person. But for there to be some kind of non-malicious killing of a person mm-hmm. for something malicious that they did, it just doesn't seem fair. I'm not saying you should let the victims kill the person, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying to say that this person is so evil that he just can't even be in jail we need to kill him but do it in a humane way which they hang these people so that's not exactly humane Mm -hmm. but it just it doesn't make sense to me because there's no emotion in it you know it's like even the people who who he took like the family members of the people he took for them to just find out like oh yeah now he's dead 
I don't know if it gives you any kind that's of what I'm release. Saying, that's that's Cause what I mean. Because it's so it's so surgical and no, there's no you know somebody who's a victim of his didn't catch him in an alley. It just, and it's so long ago. It's, yeah, you had time to grieve <laughs> over it, and then you just get like, oh, remember that guy that ruined your life? Ninety four, what twenty six years ago? He's dead now. It's like, oh, all right. I mean, now now everybody now all the news media is coming to my house to talk to me about it again. That hurts for me to talk about my husband because being dead up, right. again. I just, I just don't. I, that hurts me more than I'm happy about this guy being dead now. It's just so long ago. I just don't like it. I don't like why how it takes so long. Yeah. Like, what's well, the you point? You just at be this? dead right then. I mean, if they're gonna do it, I mean, I figured they would do it. Not drag it out. Like yeah. that's just too. Yeah, I, I get that's what you're saying. Long. I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, six other people are still sentenced to die in connection with to the 1995 attack and other Om Shinrikyo crimes. Damn, after him? Yeah, Hit. there were ten thousand members at one point, and there were two different attacks. I thought they was like doing it. And he was like the last one. Like he was just like since no. he was the leader. He's the last. It just one. takes a long time to get these convictions done. That's it's insane. Still in the court that's, system, man. That's insane. This is this is. That's insane. 2005, 2015. This is 23 years in the that's, making, man. That's ridiculous. This, yeah, this is crazy. That's insane. There's a bunch of millennial kids who were born when this when this attack happened that are like, who? <laughs> Shoki, yo, what? <laughs> My phone turned sideways. Mm. Um, yeah. Executions in, in Japan are done in secret with no advance warning given to the prisoner, like I said. Uh, their family or legal representation, so nobody knows. It's just like they just come, and they're like, "Hey, man, it, we're we're getting this done in a couple hours." And they're like, "Getting what done? We're gonna murder you." Oh, can I call my can I call my girlfriend? Uh, no. Are you guys gonna tell my girlfriend after? Yeah, when you're dead. And that's it's like, come on, man. You know, it's time time for what? Like, very funny. Just like yeah. walk off. <laughs> Don't even tell them. Good one. <laughs> yeah. What, oh, uh, it's time for you. It's almost time for you to go to uh, a, a, a five star steakhouse for dinner tonight. What do you think it's almost time for? Oh, we're all going to Six Flags. Yeah, it's almost time for us to leave for Six Flags. What do you think? Put on the put on the gray jumpsuit. Take the orange jumpsuit off. Put the gray one on. Uh, yeah. So nobody knows. They come get you right before they're gonna kill you, and and nobody gets a head up, a heads up. Wow. Don't get your legal last meal or nah. nothing. You don't get any of that. Nah. None of that. And they hang you. So we do it. I'm not even a fan of it, but we do it a lot more humane here in America. You get one last, you know, if you want to eat KFC before you go out. How do, what do they do? Just like. They inject. Kick the chair. And, no, I mean. Oh, like, that? Um, yeah. I think Is they that? do like um the bottom falls out of. They, they have you oh. stand up on a high platform and then the bottom, like, like a false door falls out and then you fall through the little door. And then you hang. Uh, Shizue Takashi, a victim's group representative and widow of a Tokyo Metro employee who died in the sarin attack, told reporters that she was surprised by the sudden execution. She said, quote, when I think of those who died because of them, it was a pity. My husband's parents and my parents could not hear the news of the execution. She said, I wanted the cult members to confess more about the incident. So it's a pity that we cannot hear their account anymore. So they didn't even get clarity, you know? Why? Like, that's what I would want to know, if anything. Yeah, like, why'd you do that? I don't this? want you to kill him. Just tell me yeah. why, why you Why did. that subway station? It's so many questions. Why yeah. that subway station? Why that day? 
why at all? I think that would be. That, I I'd rather that, that than yeah. I'd rather that than th- that here just to just somebody call you like, oh yeah, they're dead now. You know that I'd rather answers. Uh, in a statement on Friday, Amnesty International said the execution of Asahara and other Aum Shinrikyo members would not deliver justice for the Tokyo attack. The attacks carried out carried out by Aum Shinrikyo were despicable and those responsible deserve to be punished. However, the death penalty is never the answer, said uh, Hiroka Shoji, East Asia researcher at Amnesty International. And Amnesty International is basically like a a human rights organization. They make sure that, you know, people's human rights aren't being violated, and they are very big advocates for that kind of stuff. You know, people people using chemical attacks on people would be an example of human rights being violated, you know, injustices in courts. And apparently they have, like, millions of members all around the world. So they had to put a statement out like, well, you know, killing people for killing people is not exactly right. Don't do that. In in my own words. Uh, so, yeah, justice demands accountability, but also respect for everyone's human rights. The death penalty can never deliver this, and it is the ultimate denial of human rights. Now, I, although I am not a fan of the death penalty, in this situation... I find flaws in their argument because what these people did violated people's human rights. Those people suffocated and their all their bowels released and and they died in a horrible horrible way. So why should we afford these people? Why should their human rights be a big major priority mm-hmm. in this case? And that's the thing. That's where I get the conflict is because you can't pick and choose the case. You can you the situate the court system and all that stuff is going to be the court system. So that's why you have to go, just like in your case about the guy, it's like his human rights were being violated. Now, was he guilty? Yes. But that same court system is going to be convicting everybody. Mm -hmm. So some of those people might not be guilty. So they shouldn't have to go through the same proceedings as a a person who didn't get a fair trial. Mm -hmm. So for me, although I'm like, fuck these people's human rights. They did something horrible. I still have to acknowledge like, okay, but like, if you say fuck people's human rights, you can say fuck people's human rights even in a circumstance where the what the person's being charged with sounds horrible. Mm. They raped a kid, they ate somebody, whatever. But what if they're innocent? So you if you use that same logic of who gives a shit if about his human rights? He ate a person, but what if he didn't? Right. So you you got to everybody deserves a fair trial. Exactly. That that's what it boils down mm-hmm. to. But that was my affirmative murder for this week. That was uh, Shoko Asahira, um, Asahara. And, um, yeah, you can look him up. And That's you crazy. can see how crazy his face looks. He's a very strange-looking guy. And, um, yeah, it's been another episode of Affirmative Murder, man. Um, how do you feel about that one, friend? That was that was crazy. I just – it was just – this span is so long. It's like – and he didn't even, he didn't even give no, no, uh, what they call it? Uh, he didn't give a final statement. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no. They're just like, it's time for you to go, man. That's just sad. It's anticlimactic. That's it's sad. anticlimactic, too, because <laughs> it's like, it was 25 years ago. It just was on a random day. I feel like you should, I think I said this before, like, it should be like a law that you have to be like, your final statement had to be, if you done something crazy, what was the reason yeah. you did it? Before you leave this earth, yeah. If you to die was just you know why you did it. And yeah, not telling anybody that sucks. It's really sucks. People <laughs> don't get clarity. I think people would rather have clarity than the, oh, yeah. to know that you're dead. I think so. You I know, mean, for me, I'd like to know why you chose 
my mom or why you chose exactly my house to break into and, and you know whatever you know I, I think people would rather hear that than like oh he just isn't alive anymore because i think for the most part unless you're a direct victim mm-hmm. i don't think most people are afraid of people breaking out of jail that's not something i think about on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. so just knowing that that person's in jail i'm like i mean that's good enough. for me but mm-hmm. that's just me i'm like he's jail sucks you know if you ever lo- watch locked up raw Jail's not cool, and he's just gonna be there for the rest of his life. I'm never, I'm never thinking like this person's so evil. What if he breaks out one day? It just, it just never comes across my mind. So, I'm never anti a person being in jail and like, well, they did something terrible, kill him. I don't know. That's but, crazy. You know, we're not gonna figure it out today. Um, once again, folks, we still have um, a good amount of stickers left. I would say we have half. Half of the stickers that we have have already been requested. We still have to get the letters, the the, um, the letters sent out, and the addresses written down on envelopes and all that kind of stuff. Fran will uh, acquire the Pootie Tang stickers, and then once he's able to do that, half the stickers are gone. But we still stamps? have half left. About the stamps? Yes. What did oh, I say? Okay. Stickers? Yeah, he said. Yes. Well, a stamp is a sticker. But the, nobody don't, says. Don't split hairs with me, man. But nobody calls it stickers, though. I do, man. I do call. <laughs> I call them stickers. I'm a child at heart. <laughs> if it sticks to something, it's a sticker. <laughs> Okay, yeah, the pootie tang. Fran will will acquire the stamps. We'll put those on the envelopes. We'll get those shipped out. We still do have a good amount of stickers left. So if anybody wants a sticker, you can DM us um, on any social media platform. Facebook is the hardest because you do have to request us, and and and, you know um, you have to have to approve it and all that kind of stuff. It's just a little more work. But I'm fine with that. But it is easier if you have an Instagram or Twitter to just get, just go into the DMs and just send us a, your address. That's a lot easier because I had to like download Facebook Messenger to read the messages on. Yeah. Fa- it, just, it, it was way more of a process. It's way easier <laughs> to just go on Instagram and click the little airplane in the corner and it comes down. It's way easier. Pip airplane or something. Yeah, you know, it's a, <laughs> I had to get a new app to get Facebook Messenger. Yeah. It's just a, a lot. But I have it now, so that's fine. Anyway, if you're interested in the sticker, they are totally free. We just need an address, and we'll send them out to you, and uh, you can enjoy those. So, um, I want pictures too. I want people that get stickers, put pictures up on the page. Yeah, uh, we would love we that. Put. We would love that a lot. Um, so yeah, we will catch you guys next week. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by Francis Evans, my partner. Time. True... Come on, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Come on. Listen, <laughs> I'm ready to go. You, man. you okay? Well, you know what? <laughs> you you do it. I do what? Send us off. This are uh, so I'm, I'm starting it. Yeah, go okay, ahead. Okay, we need some music. Can we get some music? Sure. What you want? Um, something dramatic, something fast, something some, fast? Something fast. Okay, I got you. I want something fast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you get a round of applause? Yeah, and a round of applause. Wow, okay, wow. Oh, I, I didn't know that it was going to do that big of a round of applause. Wow, <laughs> a friend star effect, I guess. So that's another episode of Affirmative Murder. This is your uh, your co-host, uh, friend star, the only star on this podcast. And this is my, my host here. Say your name. I'm Alvin Williams. That's Alvin Williams. I mean, I should be hosting. You should be the co-host. Wow. But you know, this is how it is. Catch y'all next time is what I usually say. What do you usually say? I usually um, don't get to say anything because you, you, you cut me off. Okay. So, but well, now you're doing it. At this point, it's my podcast now. So, um, thank you, sir. Catch y'all next time. This is Fran Star. You know, um, go on the Facebook page. You know, go leave some reviews. Go to the Twitter page. Uh, you can go to my page if you want. You know, it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, uh, it's another episode of Fred. <laughs> I'm freestyling. All man. right, yeah, no, I'm do your thing, man. I'm freestyle. So catch y'all next time, deuces.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 